the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the Word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and this is the date day edition of The Word to Stand On for Life, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering your questions, Bible questions, questions about stuff going on in your life. Ladies, especially today, if you have any question for Paula, she looks really smart tonight or today, so uh, you can ask anything. All you have to do is to pick up the phone and dial 210-340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877 877- Seven six three zero KSLR. That's six three zero five seven five seven. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com or you can use our free Calvary Chapel mobile app. And as always, if you are driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the call now banner at the top of the screen. You'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Paula, thanks for being here as always. You're welcome. I was just thinking of something when I was listening to the intro, getting ready for the show. Okay. You know, I was trying to pray, Lord, don't let me be dumb, you know, uh-huh. give me wisdom and I want, I want to hear your words. And then I just thought, you know, that intro is written by a good friend of mine, Kevin Green, who is the pastor of Calvary Chapel in North, in, in Fort Bragg in Northern California. And uh, he is the, the, the one who wrote and also performs uh, our intro. And he's going to be our special guest at our men's retreat. It's a little early to start talking about that now, but September, I think, 7th through the 9th. Mm-hmm. Not according to uh, Pastor Louis on Sunday. He said, you had six weeks. I'm telling you now. It goes fast. <laughs> because it goes by fast. And the rooms, you know, the the two, three, four-person suites, he called them, go fast. So it's not too early to start talking about it. Sign up. Kept starting this Sunday. Yeah. They're, they're, well, you're starting your sign-ups. I'm not so worried about that. I'm just, it's Kevin's a great guy. Yeah, but I'm you don't have to worry about signing up. You're going. Oh, yeah, I'll be there. Other people need to sign up. And I get a suite. You get a suite. There you go. <laughs> but but Kevin Green will be here. He's yeah. a great friend, uh, a wonderfully gifted musician and worship leader, but he is also a pastor, and I just enjoy hanging out with him, so it will be great. And we'll be giving more information on our retreat as the day gets closer, but we will extend invitation. Anybody in the radio listening audience who wants to go as well, it's going to be at the Alto Frio Baptist Encampment. I don't think so. Again? You guys. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's camp. No, it's not. Well, we'll get you the date later, the, <laughs> the location later. But it keeps changing. Our, the ladies' <clears throat> ones is at Alto Field next year for sure because we couldn't get our dates at at Buckner. Okay. Well, we'll we'll see where okay. where it's going to go. But but we'll we'll give you that information. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you will you'll be really blessed if you go. Okay, Paula, I'm going to take a nap your show what's on your heart <laughs> don't go to sleep because i'm gonna say pastor ron what's the answer to this question right here <laughs> come on man i need you um but yeah no i'm a light sleeper it's okay yeah you're good um you know of course this week we're wrapping up um the calvary kids vacation bible school and it's been a blast but today 
Mama Paula, Grandma Paula, Great Grandma Paula did not show up. Because Mama Paula, Great Grandma, was here Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday dancing with the kids. And today was like, no, my body said, uh-uh. Plus it was date day. And you hang out with me on Thursdays. That's right. So that was my greatest excuse. <laughs> <laughs> that was the greatest excuse. You're going to be dancing tomorrow night oh the, my gosh. Uh, at our Friday service uh, on the uh, the uh, BBS worship uh, yeah. team, mm-hmm. the dance team. Mm-hmm. They do our worship on Friday night. Yeah. And uh, so tomorrow, if you want to see the the Calvary Kids Bible School dancers, yeah. including a lot of them who aren't kids, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they'll be the ones doing our worship on Friday night. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. Actually, um, we do it in the morning after. We do it in the morning before, right at, after the initial worship, which Grandma Paula won't be at tomorrow. But at 11 o'clock I get here because to watch the kids give the altar call and like we do on Friday nights how the pastors and their wives or leaders and their wives stand up and receive people for prayer the older kids who used to participate in um, being you know the kindergarten through sixth graders now they're seventh graders and up who are now serving and they're the ones standing there (laughs) receiving the kids for prayer. I would not miss that for anything, <laughs> nothing at all. And so, and then we dance to end, you know, the vacation Bible school and the kids all go home, but then they come back for um, Friday night church because we do the worship. So, um, Polly will take a nap. But be, <laughs> <laughs> take some Tylenol. Put you, a co- you, you can take a nap while I'm teaching Galatians. <laughs> no, tomorrow. wouldn't want to miss that. For hey, I know you got stuff on your heart that mm-hmm. you want to talk about, but uh, you want to comment on uh, Jenny's Sweet Summer Devotion on Monday? As soon as I'm done with this. Because oh. the theme of the Calvary Kids Vacation Bible School is created for his purpose. So as you come to listen to the songs we, we do, um, Keep in mind and and really look at the words. They'll be on the screen. Um, Consider the words because these kids have been considering these words. And um, yesterday when I was here, um, the kids know the songs. And they got to one part in this one song that I absolutely love, Rescue Me. And they are screaming it out loud. And I just started crying. (laughs) Trying to do my dance, but I'm crying. The kids just, they get it. But yeah, Jenny Manuel, what a great, great um, sweet summer devotion she did. Now, I'm gonna, honestly, when she started out, you know, because she only has 40 minutes, and I, had, I told all the girls, some of you have lived some lives, and you got a lot to say, but you have 40 minutes, <laughs> 40 minutes, and then we'll have a Q&A time and then some prayer time. And so when she started out, she went, she was five. When stuff started happening, I was like, oh, shoot, here we go, you know. But she did a great job. Her her setup for her um, glorifying the Lord was necessary to go all the way, way back to age 5 and 8 and 12 and 15 and 16 and on up. Um, but she her, her testimony reminds me um, sort of like the woman at the well when Jesus said, you know, you, you've been with five you know, married to five men, and now the one you're with, you're not even married to, you know. And yet the Lord goes out of his way to meet people because his whole um, plan is salvation. No matter how bad you've been or where you've been, what you've done, um, he has his arms opened wide, running after us like, don't do that. Don't, no, stop. Come on. Come this way. I have a much better plan for you. And she finally, finally understood that her value was not in giving her body away, but her value was in giving her heart to Jesus. And what a great—and I don't want to give it away because people really should go on our website and listen. Mm-hmm. The, what I'm telling you is just, you know, um, like a, a commercial to go and watch this film, mm-hmm. basically. But, yeah, it's worth it's worth it. You know, Paula, there are so many women, and you deal with this in counseling all the time, but there's so many women who think because of their past they really have no value, and, and in many cases the men in their lives have told them they have no value apart from 
from their their bodies, their physical bodies. Um, and and she established the value um, of of something is established by the buyer. Yes. Not the seller. Not the by seller. the buyer. Mm-hmm. And when she realized that that Jesus valued her so much that he gave everything for her, that sort of changed everything in her in her mm-hmm. walk. Mm-hmm. I love what she said. She said, um, you know, our theme is the God who sees. And um, she said, but what does God see? So what does God see when he looks at you? You know, I'm asking you, you guys who are listening now, what does God see when he looks at you? She says, um, does he look at my, me as a failure, a sinner? Um, am, am I just like the leftovers, you know, in the, and my, this is my adding, the leftovers in the back of the refrigerator, not on the the front when you open the door, the, in the back that has been forgotten about. And if you keep leaving them there, by the time you get to them, they're all moldy. Um, was there enough of a person left of her for the Lord to want? And she let us all know, yes, indeed, because it's how God sees. He knows our whole life, even before we were born. He knew everything she was going to do, and yet he waited for her to come to him. So she could be yeah. forgiven and have value. And now, and, and she was just standing up there as straight as can be, just as bold as she can be, and knowing full well that the Lord is going to use her to share her testimony with others. Because, um, you know, I don't know how many ladies we had here. I don't count. But several of them could relate right now, you know. And we're very thankful that she was transparent and uh, bold enough to share her ugliness not really, I mean, caring, but not really caring of what are people going to think of me now, you know? What are they going to think of me now? And, and that's the really the coolest thing about Sweet Summer Devotions because you come here and you don't know people's story that much, and yet once you hear you're like, wow, I didn't know you went through anything like that. And and now her testimony will be able to be used um, not only right now, but we've had testimonies, you know, they're all online. Years later, somebody just happens to listen to it and they write in or call in, text me and say, wow, I just listened to so-and-so. What a huge blessing. You know, Paula, in a large church like ours, you don't get a chance to know um, people's stories. Mm-hmm. You know, we got multiple services and people coming and going, um, and you don't get a chance to know them. That's why Sweet Summer Devotions has been such a gift to our our church body, mm-hmm. because you know somebody who's really struggling with something will come to a Monday night and listen to somebody else, and they will have seen that person from a distance, and it looks like hey, they got it all together and mm-hmm. all that. Mm-hmm. And then you hear the story, mm-hmm. and then the people think, well, there's hope for me, you mm-hmm. know. And and it's been just an unbelievable unbelievable blessing uh, to our church and uh, Jenny um, uh, being as upfront as she was. These are not trained speakers. Oh, yeah, no. Um, you know, they, they get up there and they're nervous and they're going to read. Uh, but uh, her story was so compelling and, and hit home in lots and lots of hearts. And mm-hmm. I would have liked to have been a fly on the wall in the Q&A mm-hmm. uh, and in the prayer time that mm-hmm. followed. Yeah. Um, and we don't we don't tape those on purpose because it does get kind of personal. But um, Jenny is on her third marriage, and she didn't talk about how um, how the Lord had told her to stay in her second marriage, even though it was horrible. Um, and, and her confession was she just liked the the idea and the feeling of falling in love, but she didn't really love that person uh, pretty much right away. And so one of the questions was, so um, how did God tell you that it was okay to divorce your, your husband? And Jenny said, he didn't. In fact, he told me to stay. And she put her fingers in her ears and went, la, 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 like I'm not going to listen to you. And she regrets that to this day. I mean, he's forgiven her and she's moved on, all those things. But she was not thinking about God. She was only thinking about herself. And... Um, her two daughters that were a product of that marriage would have had a mom and dad. 
which is the way it's supposed to be. The adults are supposed to be more caring about Jesus, really, first, um, but their kids. And a whole bunch of times that is not the case. And she said she took personal responsibility. She said it was God said there's always a hard heart. There's one or there's both. But she said I had to take full responsibility. Her heart had just grown hard. All she could see were his faults. She never pointed at herself until down the road. Yeah, and you know, it, it's not even so much a hard heart. Our hearts get hard when we sin, but the reality is, and I think, Paula, uh, we do a lot of counseling. I think uh, the, the the overwhelming, and when I say overwhelming, I'm talking 90-plus percent of the people who are Christians who, who leave their spouses, men and women, um, do so because they don't care what God says. They want what they want. Yeah. And then the hard heart then comes in with the continued rebellion against the Lord. And Jenny's a great story of redemption mm-hmm. and uh, restoration. Yeah. That's what Jesus does best. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I just was so thrilled mm-hmm. with it. So yeah. She took full responsibility. Uh, just you got to just be so proud of her where she just, Lord, hands down, heart open. I messed up. I did it. Can you do something with me? Anyway? No, no excuse. No it excuses. <laughs> it was um, she was just amazing. And then you. Had I a, talked about that in the Bible study last yeah, night. Yeah, you had a question yesterday on the radio about um, the the evil thoughts that come, and she d- dealt with that as well. You know, she still is um, quite in insecure, and the enemy just pounds her with her past, and he tries to bring it into the present. And she said, it's a constant taking those, um, those evaluating the negative thoughts and replacing them with, you know, God's words. Take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. She said, sometimes it just kind of wears you out that the, the thoughts are coming so fast, but it never goes away. Yeah. And you said that we just have to learn how to fight, 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 fight. Yeah, you know, even from a human perspective, we, we have a tendency to think of, God sometimes, like like a human, he has human thoughts, or or the devil, he has human thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, but the devil is relentless. He he will show no mercy. And when you are at your wit's end, that's when he piles on mm-hmm. even more. Yeah. And we have to expect that and be ready for it so we're not caught off guard. Paula, who's up this coming Monday night? It's going to be so cute. She's out there now. She and her five kids clean the church after you know, in, after school and after this week, Vacation Bible School, uh, Tish Dominguez. Yeah, she's so nervous. You know, I, I was, Trish Dominguez, um, she's so nervous. And I was talking to her uh, yesterday because she's here, you know, with her five kids, with Calvary Kids, Vacation Bible School. I love Bible those school. kids. Oh, they're so amazing. They, they, they have more fun vacuuming than any <laughs> group of people want to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> when I walked in the door right now, I was like, Ooh, it smells so good and clean in here. And and Pastor Ken's up there watching the doors, and he's like, it's because of these these five kids right here. And I said, I know. So, yeah, but they, she's just a little nervous. You know, She's I don't think she's ever spoken in public, you know, ever. So this is going to be quite a, a thing. She says, <laughs> I'm doing it scared. I'm doing it scared. That's a good for you. She's a hero to me. The joy in her life and and, and the way that she's dug in. Yeah. Um, and you know things have been hard. Yeah. And yeah. and yet she's just full of the joy of the Lord. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's really really good. Paula, before you go on, we've got Kenny holding on line one from San Antonio. Kenny, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Thank you, Pastor Ron, for taking my call. Um. You know how God says to, uh, for God, you know, He loves us, and, and in His Word, God says to be patient and kind. And, um, in this world we live, a lot of times I, you know, I'll, I'll have anxiety or worries or depression, and I'll get down on myself. And I just, um, and I'm just crying out to the Lord because I want, him to love me, or I, I know he loves me. I, I, I want to love myself to where I can love neighbors as you know, and to others to be patient with them. If, if you understand with what I mean, I'm just yeah, I do, I um, do, Kenny. Um, if you could uh, give me, you know, the breakdown of, and I understand being patient is 
is God's patient with us through our walk and through, you know, our sinful life. And, and, um, I want to love, and we have to love ourselves. Otherwise, if we don't love ourselves, how can we love others? Yeah. So if you could give me possibly the breakdown of that, and uh, um, I just want to come out of this, uh, um, and I, but anyway. I, can he, I, I think I can help. I, I'm going to disagree a little bit with what you, with the, with the, the proposition but um, I think I can help you understand, and believe me, I've talked to so many people about this. Uh, the first thing, when Jesus says that we're to love others uh, as ourselves, that does not mean that we have to learn to love ourselves um, before, before we can love anybody else. What that literally means uh, is that we're to love others before ourselves. That's prioritizing others and their needs and their uh, difficulties ahead of even our own. And uh, Kenny, here's the thing, and I think this is a, a trap the enemy tries to get us in. Um, you know, we think, well, I got to love myself and I don't love myself. I've messed up so many times. Um, you know, the, the, the truth is, whether it's you, Kenny, or me, Pastor Ron, we love ourselves. We're crazy about ourselves. I think about me all day, every day. Uh, and God says no to love others before ourselves. We've got to, first of all, by faith, accept the love of God. Jesus has poured out uh, his spirit into your heart. This is Romans 5, 5. He's poured out his spirit, his love into your heart by the Holy Spirit. And all you've got to do is have enough faith to access that love. And it's not a, I can do it, I can do it kind of faith. It's just a, a faith based on fact the day you got saved, Kenny, that love was poured into your heart, and it's an overwhelming, overflowing, abundant love. And so what you've got to do as you encounter other people, especially difficult people, is you've got to say, Jesus, right now, I don't feel very loving toward that person. Uh, and he'll say, it's okay, it's not about emotions, it's about a decision. And he'll ask you, will you love that person or let me love that person through you? Kenny, when Paula was praying for me for all of those years, um, um, I was impossible to love. And um, um, the Lord asked Paula if she would allow him to use her to show me his love. And she didn't want to do that because opening herself up to, to me was painful and, and at times traumatic. Um, but, but she agreed, Lord, I'll, I'll let you use me to love him. And, of course, that, uh, that resulted in me getting saved. So it's really important, Kenny, that you understand loving isn't how you feel. It's not emotional. It's just making a decision that when that person bugs me, I'm going to pray for them all the more. And let the Holy Spirit who lives in you change your heart. There's something else that's really important as well, Kenny. You can't be patient. You cannot be kind. You cannot be gentle. And all of the other fruits of the Spirit listed in Galatians chapter 5 beginning in verse 22, you can't do that in your own strength. That's contrary to our selfish, jerky nature. So what you do is you walk in the Spirit. Just be with Jesus. You walk in the Spirit and the Spirit overcomes your flesh, your flesh is overwhelmed, and then you find yourself with Jesus uh, acting more and more like him each and every day. And when you do that, you're going to find yourself uh, available for him to give you his heart for those very people. And Kenny, it's really important because people beat themselves up for having ugly thoughts or not feeling, um, you know, lovey-dovey towards somebody, especially somebody who's hurt them. Um, and, and the Satan, the devil is going to do his best to capitalize on that. So what you do is you say, Jesus, you loved me when I was impossible. And I want to be like you, so I want to love this person, even though it seems impossible for me. And we begin taking those people to the Lord in prayer. And he, over time, sometimes it happens very quickly. Other times it takes a little longer. But he begins changing our heart toward them. But make no mistake, Kenny, this isn't about you loving yourself. Uh, our flesh loves us. Uh, there's no question. Um, it, it's about putting other people in a position of priority over you. And to do that, you've got to have the faith to say, Jesus, I'm going to leave my 
life and my needs in your hands because, after all, you're the only one that can meet those needs. Paul, do you want to add anything? Yeah, you also teach, Ron, that um, the devil uses worry and fear and evil thoughts um, to get us to that place, that place of depression. And that's total focus on self. That's, that's completely focused on self. Been there, done that, Kenny, and I have to fight not to go there again. So it's not like, a, like I can't relate to you. So, um, but what I've been learning is I have no right to destroy another person's day. If I'm in a bad mood, it's my, um, uh, my, my job, I should say, to go to the Lord and say, you know what? I can feel that my flesh is trying to rule right now, but I know that's not right. So I'm going to claim the Romans 5, 5, love of God shed abroad in my heart for the other person. Usually that's Ron. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> There's only two people in my house, you know. Um, and, and love him because you love him. And the Lord tells us, even, even those people that get on our last nerve, and that's not Ron there, <laughs> to Can love him. Kenny, it's great to hear from you again. It's been a long time. Hey, we got 30 minutes left in the Date Day Show, 340-9585. We'll be back in two minutes. Back to the Word to Stand On for Life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the second half of our Date Day show. Paula is in the studio looking gorgeous. 340-9585. I'm trying to make up for you said I get in your nerves or something. Well, no, that's okay. You tell me I look good in this green shirt. I think I wore it last Thursday for date day. And I wore it this Thursday for date day? No. But I'm wearing the next day for date day, too. <laughs> you can <laughs> wear it tomorrow, too. <laughs> you can tell me if I if I look good one time, I'm wearing it tomorrow, too. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, thank you. 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Let's go to Bulverde and talk with Greg on line one. Greg, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hey guys, I sure really enjoy y'all being on the air together. It's uh, it's an awesome show, and y'all are are doing that. Okay, I got a kind of a twofold thing here, kind of addressing the to Paula is uh, when she was in the midst of going through those twelve years, of waiting for God to get your attention. Thirteen, you know, whether, you know, <laughs> it was thirteen, 13 long sorry. years. <laughs> don't, don't 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 want to cut it short. Don't want to cut it short there. But it means. <laughs> I'm not sure it's 13 tough years. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, I'm sure, you know, at somewhere along the lines, God got your attention and said, hey, you know, I know what the outcome is going to be here. Trust me. But as you go into those years, I mean, you must have had your doubts, you know, and just struggling with that. You know, God, is this really going to happen? And then secondly, how, kind of how this connects with, with free will. Um, and, and I kind of thought, thought of the uh, example with Jonah. Uh, here, God gave, gave Jonah a job to do, and Jonah didn't want to do it, so Jonah ran. Well, eventually, God kept on him and on him and on him until he called uncle and gave in, and you know we know the rest of the story. So, kind of again, how does that relate to to free will? Because it almost looks like Jonah didn't have free will in a sense, but then connect, connecting that with, a, say, a believer today who doesn't know they're off track, doesn't believe they're off track, um, but they are born-again Christian, but they think they're in the right place. They think that God's behind their decision. So, well, does God keep after them, like, in a sense, like he did with Jonah, to say, hey, it's time for you to come back, and I need to get you back on track. i got to get you humbled and get you back on track. Does that make sense, the question, how it works? Yeah, Greg, it does. Let, let me let me set it up, and then I'll turn it over to Paula because you asked it for her. But but think of an arm wrestling match, and you've got this super strong guy, and you got another guy who doesn't look all that strong, and yet the super strong guy can't even budge 
the arm of the other person. And and the, and the super strong guy is getting more and more flustered and frustrated. And and yet that, that, that immovable arm just doesn't move. Well, that's what it's like doing your own thing. As a born-again Christian, if you're doing your own thing, it's like you're trying to move the arm that won't move. And Jesus is always going to be uh, in that place where he's putting you in a position. And for me, Greg, he had to get me to a place where I had absolute surrender. Now, I had free will plenty of free will. I exercised my free will to do the wrong things continually. God was always there, but he just got me to a place where it was worse and worse and harder and harder and and brought me to a point of complete and utter desperation. And I called out actually running away from home. Uh, there was no heroic um, um, conversion experience for me. I was running away from home like a coward. And yet uh, God was um, there to meet me at, at that moment. Paula, when you were praying for me for all of those years, one of the things that I, I, I like when you always say is that, that um, yeah, God was working on me, but you were the one that belonged to him in our house. He had to work on you first. Yeah. What's your... Yeah. Uh, and he... Greg asked about, did I doubt? Yeah, I doubt it. And the Lord would say every day for 12 and three quarters years, um, just give me one more day, just give me one more day. And I remember in those, I don't know how far into the 13 years was when I was like, okay, look, I've done my part, God, where are you? You know, um, this doesn't seem to be working out. And I was just like, I'm done. And the Lord was kind of like, well, good, because it was never about Ron. This is about your and my relationship. Ron may never be saved. He hadn't told me he was going to be saved at this point. Uh, he, Ron may never be saved, but this is about you and your heart. My heart was so far from Christ. I was like the lady who's asking, you know, did God say it was okay for you to divorce? Because I was looking for that. I was really looking for that, and the Lord had told me no to stay um, uh, later, but right now he hadn't told me that. So what if Ron doesn't get saved? What if I just want you to stay in this marriage as hard as it is that maybe one day down the road the Lord will be able to give me a, a reward for just hanging in there? If Ron was to not be saved, it wouldn't be my fault, in other words. And so... The Lord just had me to stay. So my free will was whether I believed God or not wasn't the thing. It was would I be obedient to what I heard? Okay. Okay. Give me one more day. Okay, I'm going to give you one more day. Give me one more day. Give me one more day. Give me one more day. Then there just came a day when I told my kids, I said, our kids, I think your dad's going to get saved this year. Then it got worse. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, and Ron's mom said, honey, you and the kids, come live with me. Divorce him. Nobody would would blame you. But I had already read that God hates divorce, and he wanted me to stay. Ron was free to go. I remember having to tell him that. Look, I belong to Jesus. I'm a Christian. God has told me to take divorce out of my vocabulary. I'm to stay in this marriage no matter what. There was no promises. I was just supposed to stay. And, okay. And the reason it got uglier is because I took that as a challenge. Yeah. I was going to make her divorce me because I was going to win. And that, Greg, is when we come into that place where that, that, that arm that won't move, you know, I'm, I'm using all of my strength to try to move that arm, and he's just looking at me with a smile on his face and not moving anywhere. That's when... He brought me to the absolute end of myself. And uh, it was a, a response to Paula's obedience. God gives the Holy Spirit to those who obey. And Paula was able to do that because she was the one who was going to be obedient. Yeah. So my free will choice was stay, fight or flight. So I was fighting the good fight, but the good fight I was fighting was with my heart to Jesus. It was no longer a fight against Ron. And, again, it's a praise the Lord that Ron got saved. 
Um, but that was never a promise to me until maybe about, and I just thought that. He didn't tell me that. I just, I think it's going to happen, you know, like a lot of things that the, the Lord already has planned. Um, so I don't know if I'm answering your question, but yeah. I hope so. And this wasn't name and claim it. Also, Greg, Jonah is a good example because uh, Jonah uses free will to run from God. God had people in Nineveh that he wanted to save. Jonah was his chosen instrument. And remember, Jonah was a prophet of God, and he was accountable to God. And um, um, God brought him to the end of himself in the belly of a of a fish, a great fish. Um, and, uh, you know, I can, I, I know what it's like. To, I know what Jonah felt like when he was vomited up on the beach, uh, running from God, my free will. I don't want the, the, the Assyrians to be saved. Uh, he finds himself on this beach and he, he's, you know, he's been in the stomach of a, of a fish. So his hair is gone. His skin is bleached. His clothes have been, been acid, uh, washed off. And and so we got this naked, bald, um, a green guy on a on a beach, and he and he realizes that he's in Nineveh, mm-hmm. and you know I can see him throwing up his arms, say, well, "What's the point of resisting?" So Jonah is, wasn't a hero. Uh, Jonah had some grumbling problems even in Nineveh. Yeah, but um, um, he used his free will, and God exercised his sovereignty, and he ended up where he ended up. And um, uh, God was patient. Now, we know Jonah um, was a faithful prophet. Um, Like all of us, he had his ups and downs, but he was a faithful prophet. Mm -hmm. Let me add one other thing while you're talking, too, because uh, we tried to ruin. And you can go online and listen to both of our testimonies or just mine if you want to at CalvarySA.com. Because Jesus had told me when Ron first came to my door, I'm not saved, Ron's not saved, but he said, this is the one for life. So during our tumultuous marriage, there was no physical um, anything like that, but we just didn't, we didn't know how to be people. We didn't know how to be married. Um, and we, but we tried to mess God's plan up because uh, we were separated one time and I had to go to the hospital for a surgery. And the cute little uh, candy striper nurse comes in and says, Oh, Mrs. Arbaugh, I have great news for you. Because they had done some blood work. And she said, You're pregnant. And I said, No way. I will not have another baby with this man. <laughs> but God, that's he didn't put me in the belly of a, a fish. He put a baby in my belly. <laughs> and that kept us together. And, and he, and when you, I will not have a baby with this man. Yeah. And, and God laughed just yeah, like, like I did. Uh, huh, huh. Yeah. You can't be just a little bit pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool, Greg. Thank you very, very much. And by the way, Greg, I got your phone call and I'll try my best to call you tomorrow. Um, Jesse called the studio and said, wants to know who sings the opening theme song. He also called to say thank you for all that you do. Jesse, what I do is an honor and a privilege, so uh, no need to thank me for that, but I appreciate your heart. Uh, I, I mentioned that at the beginning of the program today. Kevin Green, a pastor, uh, a dear friend of mine from Fort Bragg in Northern California, um, is is uh, uh, the, the, the one who wrote and performs it. Uh, he has uh, written many, 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 many songs. He is very, very well known uh, in the worship world. And he's actually going to be uh, in our, uh, be our speaker, our guest speaker at our men's retreat coming up September the 7th through the 9th. So uh, I'll have a, a great time uh, with with Kevin while he's here. Will but he teach that Sunday? Kevin Green, yes, and he'll teach the Sunday service uh, on the tenth. The tenth. Okay. So it'll be really really good. We've got uh, Antoinette and Trey on line one. Oh. oh, thanks for calling, guys. How are you? We're good. Trey, say hi. Hi. <laughs> hi, Trey. Hi, Trey. He was afraid to ask the question, so he's here, but. I thought I'd call. Um, I forget which day of VBS it was, but the kids were learning about the snake in the garden. Um, and when we were talking about just what they learned, um, they were saying how they learned that the snake was the devil. Um, but when we went back and we read Genesis, it doesn't explicitly say in Genesis that the snake is the devil. It just says that the snake was crafty 
And mm-hmm. so we were wondering, how do we know that the snake was actually safe? And so we'll hang up and we'll listen to you online. Love you. Okay, Say bye love to- you too, guys. Bye. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Bye, Trey. Bye. Trey, great question, by the way. We know that because in the book of Revelation, it says that ancient serpent, the devil, so that's how we know it for sure. Now, it's clear, Trey, in the Genesis account that it's the devil. Uh, he was the one who was doing the tempting. Uh, he himself had fallen uh, from his uh, position in heaven. Uh, but we know he was the devil. Uh, and, and the snake wasn't the devil. It's just that the devil inhabited the snake. Um, and um, he was the source. The devil was the source of the temptation uh, and again, we know that for sure because in Revelation, I'm sure it's chapter 12, it says that ancient serpent, the 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 devil or Satan, and makes it very, very clear. So that's how we know. And Trey, one of the things to always remember is when you're struggling with good thoughts versus bad thoughts, it's always the devil who is behind the bad thoughts. And uh, we don't want to listen to him. We don't want to be tempted by him. So um, that's the answer to the question. Trey, thank you. And you will enjoy. Trey, I hope you're going to be able to come back tomorrow night and dance with me with too, because he, he knows it. Yeah. <laughs> he, and Ava, his little sister. Oh, my goodness. She can sing the words, do the dance moves. She's right in my area. Yeah. Both she, of them are. They They both get that kind of talent from Mama. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Mama oh, can yeah. sing and Mama can do so, mm-hmm. so those are good things. That's right. God bless you guys. Thank you for calling. 340-9585. Paula, we're not long on time, but go ahead. Mm-mm, no. In fact, I got a, a, a request to talk about um, Sunday's study, you know, that you did in Acts um, chapter 14, talking about um, authentic Christianity and how we are going to suffer. You know, we're going to suffer heartache, heartbreak, disappointment, um, you know, abandonment, rejection, all those really nice, cool words that you have listed on the refrigerator. Let's go for that today, you know. <laughs> Come on, Jesus. You did it. I could do it. In fact, you had a, you had a guy in, in Bible college saying, Pastor Ron, or not Pastor Ron at the time, but Ron, pray trials for me, you know. You didn't have to have you didn't have to have that prayer, but we're going to suffer. Um, I remember one of the pastors of discipleship class. Uh, you had a young a young mom um, after we had uh, a murder, you know, and she goes, "I've told my kids that as a Christian, nothing bad like this would ever happen to us. What's going on?" I, I guess I think that kind of shipwrecked her faith, but there there's no such thing. I mean. The Apostle Paul, your your favorite guy besides Jesus, you know, the list of stuff that he went through. And you listed a lot of those things and told us to go and check that out. I was like, I really don't want to, Pastor Ron, because I don't want to suffer like that. But we all will suffer. And um, authentic Christianity um, says, okay, okay, Jesus, you knew this was going to happen. That's what I always say. Jesus knew this was going to happen. You knew and you know. Um, I don't like suffering. I don't look forward to it at all. But um, you you didn't sing it, but you, you, you kind of acted like you were going to. I lift my eyes up <laughs> to the mountains. Where does my help come from? I, did, I didn't want everybody to tune me out yeah. for the rest of the Bible and, study. And my eyes would have been like, oh, my, he's singing. <laughs> Get your tuner on. Um my help comes from you, maker of heaven, creator of the earth. And so uh, we need to look up instead of looking out at the trial. You know, sometimes we get so, I know I do, I can get so focused on the trial or the pain or whatever that it becomes bigger. And my Jesus, who is almighty God, knows all, um, sees all, and can he's the one who can fix it. He's the source of the pain, the the peace that we can have but so so much of the time you get focused on that pain or what's happening right now that Jesus becomes really really little and he's over in the corner going I'm over I'm right here 
Yeah, you can't see them because you're so close to the yeah. to the, the, the trial or yeah. that thing yeah. in your life. Yeah. You know, Paula, it is a sad thing that we live in a church culture where pastors feel like they've got to entertain um, the congregants. Um, you know, we got to fill seats. We, we, we got these big buildings. We got to get people coming in. Uh, and so we, we make them feel good. Feel and, good messages, and, yeah. yeah, and we yeah. and we tell them that that uh, you know just serve Jesus and all will go well with you, and and the reality is uh, it's not true. The Apostle Paul in Second Corinthians chapter twelve uh, lists the things that happened to him, uh, and certainly he was a man right in the middle of God's will, uh, and they're 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 overwhelming things. And and um, at the end of it, he goes in. And besides all this, I face daily the pressure of concern for my churches. Yeah. And, um, you know, people were always trying to kill him. There were days when it says he despaired even of life. There were days he got up and it was more likely that he would not survive that day mm-hmm. than would survive. Like, why did I even make it through the yeah. night? Somebody should have just killed me while yep. I was asleep. And, yeah. and yet he knew that God had a mission for him, mm-hmm. and he was going to be faithful to that to that mission. And the the motivation, the reason that that I did this in this particular Bible study, is because it starts out with Paul being stoned to death in Lystra. And uh, it was at that time that Paul had the experience uh, from Second Corinthians chapter twelve, when he talks about a man I know fourteen years ago um, was caught up into the, the third heaven mm-hmm. um, in the body or out of the body. I don't. Know. But he was talking in the third person about his own experience, mm-hmm. and that was when he was in Lystra, and uh, he went and he saw things uh, that were inexpressible. In other words, he didn't have words to to communicate what he saw. But he also then said that man is not permitted to tell those things. So uh, Paul, when he was sent back, and what a bummer that would have been. You know, mm-hmm. he's in heaven, he's with Jesus, he's seeing this glory. And God says, well, this is just temporary. You're going back. I'm not done with you. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, for the rest of his life, with all of those Second Corinthians 12 catastrophes happening to him, uh, he, he had to remember always that trip to heaven. And and I likened it to uh, Jesus coming to us when we're overwhelmed by something. Uh, somebody's betrayed us. Uh, things are falling apart. Um, we get bad news, whatever it is. And all we can think about, we're consumed by that bad news. And Jesus just comes in. He gets really, really close. He puts his hand under my chin mm-hmm. and he lifts it. Mm-hmm. And he's like saying, look higher, look higher. And you got to look up. Uh, in, in order to be able to see uh, him in the middle of all of those trials. And that's why I started it with, the, I lift my eyes to the heavens, where does my help come from? Mm-hmm. David, when he was going into war, uh, was likely the author of that psalm. And his soldiers knew that they were encountering uh, what could be their last day on earth. Mm-hmm. And, and and David and the soldiers are singing, I lift my eyes up to the heavens, where mm-hmm. does my help come mm-hmm. my help come from? And um, and that's what we need to do in those situations. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes when I'm walking into a, a scary situation, it's like, okay, Jesus, you promise you never leave me or forsake me. You know, I feel like I'm going into uh, uh, the lion's den here with the people and the situation that are surrounding me, you know. And it's all Pastor Ron's fault because you make him teach the way he teaches. And the people don't, <laughs> sometimes they don't like him. And, and I just get the, the fallout. But no, no. But for you to say in that, um, remember you're in a fight. Don't give up. You won't feel like it, but do it anyway. You know, um, fight. Distance yourself from the pain and look up. And so that's what I try to do. Okay, Lord, you're here with me. I'm going to walk with my head held high. I know that you love me. You have me, on, and you you have all the days of my life numbered. Um, and so I'm just going to rely on you right now. And um, it's it's not easy, but it's, um, I'm able. He, yeah, he enables and, us. And you said this, Paula, but it's in those times when you feel the least like fighting. Yeah. You feel defeated. You, you feel... Um, like you're looking at an impossible mountain, and and that's when we need to fight. Yeah. And that's what Christians need to be taught. 
don't be caught off guard. Peter says, uh, don't think it's strange, this painful trial that you're suffering through. Um, you know, we who are believers, uh, everybody suffers. Yeah. Everybody has terrible things happen. But we believers don't have to go through them alone. That's the, the best thing ever. It's like you say, when, um, when we're all alone, Jesus is still right there. Don't forget me. I'm right here. Mm. Don't forget me. Yay. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. That's King James. It's so poetic, isn't it? For thou art with me. Didn't you say I said, I, I look like a genius today? You did. You did? Uh-huh. That, that was my King James right there, genius <laughs> moment. Thank you so much. Yeah, but, you know, it, it says in that we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of yeah. heaven. Doesn't say we might. Uh-uh. Go through a few. Yeah. We must go through yeah. many. And yeah. that's the world that we live in. And Paul, I think in the in the West, we've been spoiled because it's been pretty easy to be a Christian. Yeah. Um, still, we're pretty comfortable mm-hmm. um, financially. And, and um, uh, it's easy to rely on things other than on Jesus or on circumstances. And Jesus says, no, no, no. Look up. Yeah. Look up. Yeah. and fight. Well, now we're about 30 seconds away, Paul. You got anything you want to say at the end of the program? Yeah. The Lord says, rejoice. It will be all right. Dot, dot, dot. On that day. Rejoice always. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, thanks very much for tuning in today. You've been listening to The Word of Stand On For Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630 The Word. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.